Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by a guy who's taking Wentz over Prescott strictly on durability. What's up, Gene? Well, I mean, talk about... uh... That was change, a cheap shot. As, well, I'll talk about like probably having to change the script as we were getting ready to do the show. Um, we are we are probably uh, just moments away from another medical alert for a, another surgery that Dak Prescott's going to have to get in to keep his foot attached to the rest of his body. Um, my name is Gene Zielak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene, and you can find the show at Potadelphia. Yeah, and you know, in in all like in all seriousness. You hate to see an injury like that. You do not want um, a competitor, a rival. You don't. You don't ever want to see anyone get injured and be taken out of the mix like that. Um, you know, I don't know. I, like, I'm not. I don't know a lot about Dak Prescott outside of being the Cowboys' quarterback. Um, but I'm sure he's a you know a decent dude, and you never want to see uh, you know people get injured. I mean, there's there's. Uh, that's all that's really all i have to say about it it was looked like a horrific injury uh multiple fractures and dislocation to an ankle is not is i mean it doesn't sound good he's going into surgery for it like immediately right that's what you were saying yeah i mean and, and alex smith went in for multiple compound fracture to the leg and that was like two years ago and and the first time he had even been in the position to be hit in two years was when he entered the game today. Um, so these sorts of things, multiple fractures to your lower extremities when you are as finely tuned an athlete as these quarterbacks are, um, it, and this is probably a better question for Dr. Keith the next time we talk to him, but uh, this, this to me says Dak is probably done for the rest of the year, even if everything is successful with the surgery. It's going oh, to take sure, that long for, sure. for everything to heal and then to rehab. Um, and you, you just hope that, I mean, he's got a year contract, you know, he, he is not, he's not a long-term, um, you know, if this happened to Carson Wentz, at least financially, you know, he would be taken care of. Dax is not, Dax did not sign a long-term deal. So he's going to have to go and be able to play for a job. And it's going to be really hard when you've got a a long recovery. So uh, those are the kinds of things that when you see players hold out, especially quarterbacks, you have to sort of take into into mind that any player that's on the field is one hit away from retirement. Um, so, you know, I, I tend in those sorts of things for the most part to lean more favorably towards players. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, this was not, you know, obviously we, we thought we would probably be leading with the Eagles, but I will say this. Uh, one of the things that as a cowboy hater, uh, for lack of a better term, <laughs> Um, I was looking forward to a decade of Dak, honestly. Um, I, I, I like that he has the potential to be uh, a flashy quarterback, put up lots of numbers, but also he seems to lack a certain killer instinct that I don't want Dallas to go out and find. Um, so I like the idea of Dallas and Dak in a happy, long marriage because he's exactly the kind of quarterback I like in Dallas, a guy that can put up a lot of numbers, but who's going to end up losing to the Eagles a lot. You know what the funny thing about Dak is, is I never looked at him as a villain or um, a rival uh, to Carson Wentz or to, or to the Eagles. The thing that frustrated me the most about Dak Prescott was 
the media's use of him as a foil for Carson Wentz or some sort of uh, barometer of where Carson Wentz is and every every goddamn talk show has like the Wentz Prescott comparison up there so it was never really about Dak it was just sort of about the Cowboys and the way I don't know his performance was manipulated to personally piss me off well and the interesting thing is there is a natural and more um a better foil for Carson Wentz's career he went number two behind Jared Goff you know I mean And, and they've both had very similar sort of career tracks and here's another thing that kind of annoys me uh, about this injury is I think the person the person who probably is laughing the most about it right now is Jerry Jones. Yeah. Because he gets at he he has his escape route uh from this whole contract situation. Yeah, he's kind of left in the lurch if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't have a quarterback next season. I don't think Dalton is going to be the answer really long-term beyond the season for them. Uh, but, you know, he he avoided the long-term contract. He avoided sort of having to pay through this injury. And now he gets out of whatever situation he was, you know, having to either uh, franchise tag again or um, basically just succumb to the pressure because he's out of options. I mean, it's, uh, it's very realistic that Dak is out the rest of this year and next year before he can really seriously – Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, do you franchise a guy that's? Do you franchise tag a guy that's going to be on your bench, or do you let you let him walk? No, he's. I honestly think he's not a cowboy anymore at this point. Yeah, I think we've seen Dak Prescott in in a Cowboys uniform for the last time, and that's that is a terrifying uh, sort of uh, thing, you know. Especially if you are, if you're a Cowboys fan, and I don't know, I doubt there's any of them that are listening to this, but like, you know, like literally, it's almost like your franchise just had to automatically hit the reset button, you know. Andy Dalton was not is not the answer. Andy Dalton was not the answer in in Cincinnati, you know. Otherwise, Joe Burrow wouldn't be there now. Um, you know, and right. can you imagine if they had lost today? Do you think that Jerry's on the on the hotline trying to get trying to get another guy in, you know? If if Dalton throws a big pick and the Giants run it back, pick 6 and they lose that game, you think Jerry's on the phone probably tomorrow? I, I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know who's out there, honestly. I mean, the only thing that would really like melt my brain the most would be is if the Cowboys next season somehow have Nick Foles. I don't see that happening. <laughs> I on, I honestly think that I, he he is. Listen, is it a zero percent chance? It's not. A, it's a non-zero percent chance. But <laughs> I just honestly, I just honestly think that he sort of found a a, a pseudo home in um in Chicago and. I just don't see him if it's if it's up to him like if he's I think he still has a another year on on the deal that keeps getting moved around because he signed three right. years for Jacksonville so the exactly. only way that would be happening would be if he was traded again uh, yeah. and I just don't think that Chicago is in a position to let a quarterback like Nick Foles walk I think they're right. more in a position to draft another quarterback yeah. But yeah, no, that would that would be heartbreaking to see Nick Foles have to wear so Dallas blue. Let's pivot. Let's pivot this conversation to the Eagles and 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 scope it out to the entire season with that assumption, right? Now the Cowboys are probably going to look to draft a quarterback or potentially trade up uh, to get a quarterback. 
Uh, oh, I think the Dallas. You know, I think the Dallas is going to try, and because the division is as bad as it is, I don't think that they're going to fold. I think they're going to try to win the division, but I also think you will see them be very aggressive in the draft to get up top ten, top five to pick not only a quarterback, but I think they're going to be looking to get the best quarterback in the draft class next year, especially if there's no. And we'll know by then whether Dak Prescott is a year and a half away from playing football again. Um, and if that's true and he's not going to be a Cowboy, they are absolutely going to go and look for whoever the top two or three quarterback uh, potential would be in the draft this year. I think you'd see them move way up. Right. So, uh, you know, again, like let's like moving this to the Eagles in a larger conversation, uh, you know, if in case you weren't with us today, <laughs> the Eagles fell to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, 29 to 38 um, in a game that was much closer than the score uh, indicates. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now where the worst thing that could happen for any team in the NFC East is to win the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I totally understand what you're saying. It it seems like right now you're better to lose this, lose out, like lose this division and set yourself up for the future than to be that seven and nine team that's going to um, be a sacrificial lamb in the first week of the playoffs. And and in all honesty, will seven and nine do it? Is is is. Well, it could be. We'll, uh, it could be. Will six and ten do it? Six, eight, and six, nine, and one. You know. Yeah, well, we we laugh. Um, but no, but... I mean, very seriously, I think that the the winner of this division might be the team that's able to win the most division games. It it may yeah. come down to that. Um, you know, a lot of teams seem we we've lost one to Washington. Dallas is now one one over the Giants. I think the Giants have lost two. I think they, or no, they couldn't have. Because they, uh, because the Washington only has, they've they've got they've only played them once. So, um, yeah, I mean the Giants are in real trouble. Although they looked almost like a competent professional football team today, almost. Um, they took what I thought was a, early on. I yeah. mean early on. Yeah, and I, nothing. And I didn't think that they looked bad in the second half. I think that, um, you know they they had some some plays not go their way. They they had a. A, a, a play that probably would have locked it up in much better fashion called back on a dumb penalty, um, dumb on the part of the offensive lineman when they, they lined up and threw that fake field goal, which that play went out to perfection. That receiver, you know, I think he was so wide open, I think I could have made that play, or Nelson Aguilar could have made that play. Um, right. But, you know, it was called back by an illegal motion, which is a, a, an insane call to have made on that Um on that play there. But yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you have, you have the Eagles game today and I'll tell you the, the long view is I did not think we were going to win this game in any sense of the word. Um, and it is really, really frustrating now because sort of the Eagles in each of their losses, except well, and even like to a certain point, including the Rams game had points where they had both momentum and, were within striking distance of taking control of the game. And in all of their cases of their losses and their tie, they were not able to capitalize on their own opportunities, whether it was execution or or, or whatever. But, you know, it's the difference between a good to, to decent football team and a bad football team. Uh, a good football team, even when they get down, finds a way to 
take advantage uh, of the even the few chances they get. And this Eagles team, when they are given chances to 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 win a game, they find new and unique ways to to give it right back to the other team. I'm gonna encapsulate what happened in today's game and and, and why we lost in this game in in one exercise. And I'm also going to test your math skills, Gene. Are oh, you ready? I'm ready. My math skills are not great, but I feel like I'm I'm okay. confident I'll be good at this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, Today, what what was the play of the game? The the best play of the whole game today for the Eagles, what would you say it was? Uh, the 72-yard run by Miles Sanders. That would be my Se- opinion. 74. 74. Uh, and, and, yes, that was awesome, man. I was, like, jumping on my couch screaming because that tied the game up in, like, one play, and it was incredible. Okay. And it's, like, automatically makes you have to respect the run game if you just rack off a 74-yard run, you, you know? Yes. Yeah, so the Eagles today – had 94 rushing yards and 74 of them were on one one down right so okay so uh outside of that one play gene how many rushing yards did we have that would be 20 okay now hold on carson wentz had 11 of those yards rushing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so those are scrambles potentially design runs quarterback sneaks just a bunch of nonsense so how many rushing yards did our running backs have outside of the 74 yard play that would be nine what the fuck? That's what terrible. Fuck? I, I get, I get that you're playing a, a really tough rush defense, and I, I, you're in this game, so it wasn't like, oh, we have to abandon game plans or whatever. Nine yards, nine rushing yards. They could have still run the ball after they were down nine points at the end of the game. They were, they were on the, on the correct side of the two minute warning with three timeouts. They still could have run the ball if they wanted to. Yeah, I, I mean, rather than me, give the ball back the as fast story. as can. This is the story every week. We talk about this every week. No commitment to the run. Carson Wentz makes a, a, a ridiculous turnover, a hero ball. It, I mean, I don't know where else to go. I mean, the, we have the, it's like Groundhog Day with this team. Yeah. It really is a, a case of every week they, they find a new way to do it, but the formula is really pretty much the same. You, you, it's just a matter of where you put the the you know the time stamp in the in the tape um you know and I, I wasn't unimpressed by the defense although you really should figure out a way to cover a guy who puts four touchdowns up on you it's rare to see a receiver score in as many ways as he was able to today and put a touchdown up in each quarter that's that's a pretty cool stat if you're a Steeler fan. But are you talking, if you're talking about Claypool, he had three touchdowns. I thought he had a fourth in the fourth quarter. Yeah, didn't he, he have three. the he had three? But whatever. I mean, still, but still like, a lot. Put a hat on that dude. Yeah, yeah. Put, um, well, and and when you're you're in a you're in a position to try and get back into the game, where if they kick a field goal in a drive in the fourth quarter, you at least are only down a touchdown with clock. Yeah. Yeah. And what do they do? They give up the 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 middle of the field. <laughs> Wide open. They Wide. give up a post route that was so clearly botched. Like, I don't know how you're not – how that's the play that beats you. If there's one thing that can't beat you, it's a guy literally just running a skinny post up the middle. Uh, Gene, who is our tight end? Um, last time I checked, it's Zach Ertz because I don't know if Sel- – <laughs> or um, certainly Selleck's not there, but I don't well, know if, if- Goddard is playing. If Zach Ertz wants a new contract, one reception for six yards today is not going to get it done. Oh, that's not going to cut it. That's not <laughs> going to cut it. I, I literally didn't hear his name called, I I think, I don't think I heard it more than one time today. Uh, and I think it was for a block he put on. 
after a reception. I, I didn't hear it, you know. And that's the thing is, were we just not in positions where we where we needed we, we needed first downs? Because that's usually where Carson Wentz is going. Or had the Steelers just decided we're going to shut down Ertz and let, you know, the practice squad crew uh, beat us? I I, I mean, I guess that what I guess that's what it was. I mean, look, we we may have found something with this Travis Fulgham um, character. Ten receptions today for 152 yards and a touchdown. That's a pretty nice day. Yeah, and I mean, coming off of what I thought was going to be his career last week, uh, I just felt like we could have won this game. Yeah, it's it's I, I'm not angry because anger uh, anger passed me after. Um, uh, the the tie. Like you know, what once you tie the Bengals, you know you can't go into a th- against a three and zero Pittsburgh team and expect to win. But nah, what what is frust- It's frustrating because there were opportunities to win, um, yeah. and you have the Ravens coming up next. Um, you know that's going to be an even tougher game, and that Ravens team does all of the things that you can't stop really really well. Yeah. That's going to be a hard game to to get up for, and I mean, as a fan, yeah, uh, you know, we'll we'll watch it, but you know, it, it it's you, you got to at this point start to realize that you know the Eagles are who they are right now, and uh, you know, with all these old guys that are injured and relying on these young players, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. I mean. You're just not a playoff team. You're not no. a playoff team. You might make the playoffs, but you're you're really not a playoff team. No, you're not on uh, the level of Seattle. You're not on the level of oh god, no. Probably about seven teams in the AFC. Um, you're not even on the level of like um, Las Vegas right now, who um, really kind of surprised me and 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 socked one uh, socked the old uh, the old champs in the jaw. Today. I don't even know if we're on the level of Arizona right now. No, and do we play Arizona? I don't know if we play them this year, but uh, we will. They will be playing against the Cowboys next week, which will be a fascinating. Uh, I think they play on Monday night. It'll be. A, I think that'll be a, a good game, depending on how the schedule shakes out. That's a whole other issue that we haven't even touched on. I guess we touched on a little bit last week, but yeah. um, it continued to wreak absolute havoc in the schedule this week as um, New England and Denver have completely, much like last week when Tennessee got their game wiped off of the off of the schedule, New England and... Um, well, hold on. Now, wait a second. Now, Tennessee was supposed to play Pittsburgh, right? They were last week, yes, but that got... So, also, Pittsburgh got a bye week out of that. Yeah, I mean, they? but but the, they lost their bye. They didn't, they're not getting another yeah, bye. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever. I, I, that, yes. doesn't, that doesn't affect me, but now their bye week synced up, so they're playing the Eagles after their bye week. Yeah, they played awesome. the Eagles after a bye, and they were at home. Yeah, so we were really hype when the schedule got announced that we weren't playing any teams off of their bye weeks, right. and now wrong because of COVID, like things have been shifted that. Yeah, way. so we have New England and um, Denver now off the schedule for this week. They'll both be on taking their bye this week, and uh, we have uh, I think it's Tennessee and Buffalo. I guess they got moved out to Tuesday. Somebody got moved out to Tuesday. I mean, at this rate, the Super Bowl is going to be in March. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think we're we are one more weekend like this away from like talking about a week eighteen, week week nineteen, and I'm not talking playoff weeks. I mean like we're gonna you're gonna need to have games the first two weeks of January or into the third week of January just just to complete the schedule. I wonder if it's gonna get to the the point where some of these matchups are 
two teams that are not in contention and they're just going to scrub them. I, I, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I mean that that would probably be the cleanest the cleanest solution. Yeah, uh, I mean you just hand them all nil nil ties to go into the record book, you know. But yeah, so Eagles won three and one. Your one win was against uh, San Francisco last week, who got the absolute doors blown off of them by the Miami Dolphins today. Yeah, yeah, they did not look good. So I mean, it's one of those things where does does that sort of indicate to you the type of team that the, the Eagles beat? Um, you know, or is that a, a, you know, is Miami better than we thought? Um, no, I think, I think what it is is San Francisco is worse than we thought. Um, or and at least still the, very I mean, beat up and still very, beat yeah. Up. Jimmy G started the game, right? Yeah. But I don't think and, he's a hundred percent pulled. Uh, it, it's, it's a mess out there and that's our one win. I, we could have very, we could very easily, um, have no wins right now. Uh, you know, you say the Ravens next, uh, and then who's who's? We have another really tough one after that, right? Uh, we had Seattle coming up soon too. I don't know if it's the following week. Or... <laughs> I mean, like the Giants can't can't get here fast enough. But looking at the way they played today, I'm not. Yeah, they're the Eagles are not in a position where they can look past a. There's no other team in the in the league that they can't say is is. Uh, well, the next three games are Ravens, Giants, Cowboys. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. So you'll know. I mean, you'll know November 1st when we play the Cowboys at 8, 8 p.m. on Sunday Night Football. So um, really, I mean, like, if we go 0-3, that's it right now, right? If we don't win that, any of the next three games, forget about it, right? Well, I we're, think we're close to We're close to you forget about it Giants, now. you got to beat the Cowboys. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. You do that, you're probably a first-place team. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that Ravens game is going to be a very tough ask. Uh, I would love for them to to stay in it. Um, I just don't see how you how you beat that team. Carson Wentz is going to have to have the, maybe the game of his life probably to do it. Um, and certainly, he did not have the game of his life today. I I don't pin all of this loss on Carson Wentz. Um, he did have another bad turnover. Um, you know, there was, and I don't pin a lot of it. You know, all of it on the defense either. Although there are certain places in that in that game where you've got to get stops that they didn't. Um, I mean, the Cowboys schedule is so soft. You would think that they would be in position to, to, to run the, you know, you know, to run this division. They're going to win. I, I, I got a hard time even, even with Dalton. Dalton's probably better than Dak (laughs) at this point. I mean, Dalton is certainly not, you know, you're not bringing in some completely unexperienced cold rookie, you know, who has absolutely no idea what he's doing deer in headlights sort of situation. At least at least you have a guy who is a professional quarterback who right, where are you at where are you at with the Eagles like should they just blow it up? I mean, I think that there are some pieces that I'd like to build off of. Um, you know, I think that there's uh, I think that I wish the offensive line was a little younger. I'd like to say that Lane P uh Lane Johnson is still a guy you can build around. Um the the only thing I would say that I really would want to keep is Miles Sanders. He um I think is clearly the best player on the team at this point. But he's a running back and running backs have a short shelf life. So um yeah. you know, I, I think you don't you don't necessarily have to go out and look for, for a, 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 a marquee running back. I like Darius Slay. I think he's a good player. Yeah. Um I think he's done wonders for uh you know, shoring up the secondary. I still wish that we had um a better safety, I think. That, but my biggest gripe, I think, right now is it feels like of all of the team 
strengths we saw going into the into the season, our defensive line is just not getting it done. And this that was supposed to be a place where you were supposed to be able to dominate. Well, I and, think and that they not... were getting it done today. I think the Steelers kind of game planned. Oh yeah. Um, for that, which is uh, when you have no linebackers, you know that's the plan. Is you just run, right. you just you run those, those you just run yeah. those underneath paths, and you have Ben Roethlisberger who's so tall um, that he can just drop those in, and and their their receivers are fast. Like that is what they are built to do. They are built to to. It's it's pretty amazing that we were in in this game. You know, we had to really battle. Uh, in the second half to sort of right the ship. We were down as many as 17, and it felt like we got down 17 in a blink um, in the third quarter. So to even have kept this game reasonably close was a, a moral victory, I guess, but those don't actually count in the standings, unfortunately. Let me ask you uh, two questions, um, and we'll wrap up football. So, you know, we talked a little bit about the Dak Prescott injury. Um, I will say – that Jadavion Clowney is the one player in the NFL that I would actually be like, okay, I'm glad he got injured. Yeah. Uh, can is there another one? Um, man, I, I don't, I don't have a name off the. T- I got, I got hockey players, bro. <laughs> but, <laughs> um. Not not in that way, like a like a career ending sort of thing. Uh, There's definitely guys that I don't like um, that I'm sort of like out on. But I didn't want that to happen to Saquon this year. I wouldn't want that to happen to to Danny Danny Dimes. Um, You know, I I would like I would like some sort of catastrophic injury to happen to Daniel Snyder. Um, I don't I don't know that that sort of thing happens in an owner's box. Um, but if, if there was a way that he could, you know, trip on a bag of money or something, um, and, and, and multiple fracture his ankle, um, and, and have to be muzzled for a while, I I think I'd be okay with that. I, I, so that's going to be my answer. It's sort of a cop out. Um, but if there was any way that like him and Jerry Jones could get like adjoining hospital beds, uh, somewhere in the Antarctic, I think I'd be happy about that. Okay. Um, and second question, uh, can you give me your top five? Because because we played the Steelers today, and they're in my top five uh, most annoying fan bases. Okay, all right. Uh, top five most annoying fan bases. Um, number five, just because you don't have to do them in any particular order. But hey, okay. if you have an order, I, I think I have an order. I certainly, I think I have a five and a one, so uh, I can okay. sort of fill in the others in the between. Uh, most annoying fan base is number five. I feel like I'm Letterman doing his top ten. Um, yeah. uh, the the Las Vegas Raider fan base, uh, formerly the Oakland Raider, formerly the L.A. Raider, formerly the Oakland Raider fan base. Um, black hole. The black hole sort of like Legion of Doom with the, you know, first of all, you've played on the West Coast in, in what was the Los Angeles Oakland Heat and then move to a desert, um, and you insist on wearing black at home, um, which I just think is ridiculous. Um, and Al Davis is is only – it might be one of those few, like, cartoon people that is walking around the earth. Like, if you found out that if he takes those sunglasses off, he had, like, those Christopher Lloyd from um, uh, Roger Rabbit eyes, you know, that, like, pop out of his head and do tricks. Yeah. I would I would totally believe that. Um, obviously, he's dead, but uh, his son is might be just as terrifying – um, 
and he sort of looks like an actual Chucky. <laughs> um, I don't like Gruden either, so there's a lot of things to hate about Las Vegas. Um, I would say probably the uh, the twelfth man Seattle fan base is his fan base. I really don't like. Um, uh, I I like watching Russell Wilson, but like the fact that they fly that twelve flag and stuff like. It just feels sort of manufactured, uh, which I don't really dig. Uh, number three would be Patriots fans. Um, and I only rank them that low because they have sort of the sort of the rings to back it up. Although, um, you know, they're real freaking annoying. And I, I don't know that many actual real-life Patriots fans. Um, uh, number two would be uh, Cowboys fans. Um, Ooh. Cowboys really, fans two, huh? in Texas, really, you know, I know that they're your local team, but, um, yeah, God, Dallas fans just, like, they're entitled, um, we love, um, you know, we're America's team, and, like, that whole pastiche that they, you know, they didn't, it's not like the president decreed, you know, Dallas will be America's team. No, for some reason, probably because they played in a, a central time zone in good weather. So their team, you know, their, their, it was easy to shoot film for their, their games in the sixties and seventies. They got chosen to be America's team. Um, so that's really annoying. Uh, and then my least favorite fan base is the Dallas Cowboy fan base in Philadelphia. Oh, I see what you did there. Okay. Um, Simply because clearly the only reason you are a Dallas Cowboy in Philadelphia is because you hate, like, yourself, where you live. Um, I, you know, you clearly just have other psychological issues that should be addressed. Um, and, and you know what? I think that Dallas Cowboys fans in Dallas hate Dallas Cowboys fans in Philadelphia almost as much as we do. Um, I think that they think they're a bunch of posers, honestly. So um, that would be my five. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you've got Pittsburgh and yours, so ours don't line up exactly. Yeah, I, I just uh, the thing that bugs me about Pittsburgh is just that they're everywhere. Like they're everywhere. Like every city has like a Pittsburgh bar. They're just they're just pervasive. Like no matter where you go, there's somebody in a Pittsburgh jersey. And I don't know. It's yeah, just it's, like at like, some point in the '70s, it, it just sort of like it's like they sent out. Uh, like their disciples to go forth and like multiply across the st- the country, like Look, manifest. The city itself is not should not be supported. Like the the fan base that large shouldn't like emanate from Pittsburgh, right? You know what I mean. Um, I also have the Packers on my um, my list. Oh, really? It's very much the same reason why i can't stand cardinals fans uh it's just like very much this like oh shucks we love everybody and i don't know drives me nuts doesn't feel real just the midwestern attitude and ethos in, in general yeah i had the i had the pats um and, and cowboys and uh i also i saw the vikings on there uh, very oh, much a recency yeah. bias type thing yeah, but recency bias there but they are fucking just, annoying but but mainly because they're just a bunch of crybabies. Mm-hmm. Although it does amuse me that um, the only quarterback that might be more problematic with more money attached to him maybe than ours is uh, is Kirk Cousins, who to me was always a fraud. Um, like I never saw that guy as the answer for a franchise, and the fact that they paid that dude so much money 
um, and he's he's flaming out and before our yeah, eyes. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But the fan base is just – there is no other fan base that talks more shit and then can't handle it at all. Yeah. And you call them out on it or push back. Right. So, fine. Whatever, Vikings. All right. So, uh, yeah, currently the Heat are down by about 30 points, so I'll be shocked if there's a game seven. What are, are um, we in the third quarter yet? Uh, there's about four minutes left in the third, and they're down 30. Yeah, that's uh, not great for them. Yeah, not great. Um, but we never got a chance to talk about the news with the Sixers. Uh, you know, firing of Brett Brown, um, the second best Brown to ever coach the Sixers, <laughs> and uh, and the hiring of uh, Doc Rivers. So, I mean, I don't think we've even discussed like the, how that all played out because Doc Rivers suddenly just kind of fell into the market. Did you expect Doc Rivers to be available? No, it was not on my radar, and all along there was this. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, Ty Lu, kind of conversation that was going on, and I wasn't really feeling I was gonna, either. I was going to say, did either of those like, like get you get you excited to to go and get some <clears throat> Sixers tickets? Because uh, it didn't do much. No, for me. I mean the only thing that could have gotten me excited would have been Jay Wright. Yeah, uh, and that was never going to happen. Yeah. So well, and, and outside I'll tell of you, that happening, there was just this this whole feeling of if Ty Lu takes the job. Um, you know, anytime you're in the arena and an AI is behind the bench, it's 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 just gonna be it's just gonna be too weird. You know what I mean? Because you're gonna get the feeling that like if things are going bad, that AI might just like lean in and just be like, "Ty, man, you know, it's just it's not going well for you, buddy." Right. And when I think about who the Sixers coach should be, like, what qualities do I want the the Sixers coach to have? Uh, you know, when I look at a Mike D'Antoni team uh, that jacks up a record number of three-pointers in, in games and seasons, that's just not the answer. And the, the quality that I most want is who is going to get Ben and Joel to do the things? Right. Like, do the things that Brett probably wanted them to do. And, you know, in his – you ever see the um, the the old Chris Rock – sketch where it's like look if you you got if you want your girl to do something you gotta you gotta ask like authoritatively you know right like brett was the uh uh excuse me uh uh ben uh would you mind uh possibly uh could you if it wouldn't be too much trouble uh could you mind uh putting up a three-pointer uh at some point this season maybe uh sorry sorry okay (laughs) i got you all right i'll step back yeah, and I don't, I, think- I, I just don't know like if it was the nature of the fact that they had like a a mentor mentee relationship, but not in the way that is, um, it was no uh, too close. Yeah, it was they were too close. It's you know what I mean? Too, like it's too much comfortability, and I like people looked at that as like a positive. Oh, you know, Brett's been a, he's been a friend with him since he was a kid. Blah blah blah. Well, you know what you do to people that you're friends with? You walk all over them when you want to. Right. I mean. I mean, depending on the kind of person you are, I guess. But, but like, you get what I mean. Like, if yeah. you're friends with someone, then all of a sudden they're your manager at work. You take latitude, right? Because right? what is he going to so, do? He's not going to cut me. I think Doc Rivers has the, you know, he's got the cachet, he's got the championship ring, uh, he's respected around the league, and you know, from what I've been reading, uh, from sort of Clippers uh, beat writers and things like that. He may be the best in the league in terms of a relationship 
coach. Right. Like developing relationships and, you know, getting the most out of players in that sense. What Got you- a lot of negatives coming out of those beat writers too. Um, but that is something that I think could outweigh some of those negatives. What do you think the the reason that he ended up losing his job in in the in LA was? Like what do you what do you attribute it to? Um I mean obviously I think you and I maybe talked to this talked about this when it was actually going on, but I mean the Clippers had an expectation certainly going into like the middle of the season that they were they were in good shape, they were going to make the playoffs and then they were going to be a dangerous out if not uh, you know a top 2 seed that was going to be in really good position to to win a title. Uh they certainly spent enough money and built the team that they felt had the uh had the the team to do it. They had, they had Kawhi Leonard who basically won a championship last year by himself. And he certainly had much better players around him now. Um, do you think it's that he, the LA felt like he underachieved? Do you think that he and Kawhi butted heads and um, the Clippers are, are sort of married now to Kawhi and they, 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 they sort of need him to pan out because they need to resign him. I think like, in, a, in another year, I don't think that he's got a you know. I don't think he signed to like a like a two year or three year deal. Um, well, the Clippers, the Clippers' expectations and the Sixers' expectations are a little different. Um, the Clippers not only expected to be in the Western Conference Finals, they basically took it as an assumption that they were going to be in the Western Conference Finals, especially if you didn't have to play. So there was no sort of scenario where you're going to play the Lakers, right? Um, and I think the 3-1 lead, uh, losing a 3-1 lead is just sort of an unforgivable sin. And at this point, the the Clippers just need a playoff coach. Yeah. Um, there's really no point. I mean, what are you managing in the regular season? Like how many minutes Kawhi Leonard plays? Uh, you know, you and you and I could roll a ball out there and go, yeah, let's ball. Right. Um, you know, obviously I'm oversimplifying the situation, but I guess it just wasn't, wasn't working. It wasn't a great fit that the other, uh, maybe the relationship ran its course. And uh, I, don't I mean, know. I think but Kawhi another- is a very weird dude. You know what I mean? Like he's not yeah, a guy that, that has a traditional personality. Uh, and another thing that I've, you know, in my research here is that, you know, Doc Rivers is very good at drawing um, free agents. Oh, that makes um, sense. And bringing talent in, you know, it was Paul George, you know, so um, I mean, maybe, you know, something happened a year or two. I don't know. They got to free up a lot of situations. Um, but we'll you, see. I mean, it, it definitely makes me more excited for the season coming up to see kind of what a new what a new take on this team will look like. Well, I think that this whole year ended up being sort of a botched experiment. I think that the idea was we're going to have Al Horford dispel Joel Embiid, and um, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna beat teams by being able to score ninety points and only letting up, you know, eighty five. You know that they 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 were going to literally just crushed teams with defense. And I think that there were points in the season where you sort of saw that that could work. The problem is I don't think that the NBA right now is in a place where you're going to be able to get 13 guys that are able to all buy into that exact same mentality and do it for 82 games. Um, 
And I and I don't know that that mentality works in the playoffs when you you know you shift into the the half court offenses. I, I think that also there was a a just a a a an exhaustion with Brett Brown. I think that I don't know that he had any anything else creative that he could do with this team. I think that we had seen all of his all of his tricks. I don't know that he was motivating anybody. And um, yeah, I think that the new voice in the room and, you know, as much as these things, you know, count this for what it is. One of his first interviews, Doc is on, um, I don't know if it was on IP or or on the fanatic, but whoever was talking to him said, um, you know, Hey, you know, Hey doc or whatever. And he said, no, no, no. Um, And I, I'm going to, I'm going to forget his, totally forget his actual first name, but he said, you know, call me, Call me by my first name. There's only one doc in Philadelphia. I obviously <laughs> referring to Julius Irving. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I call it lip service. I don't know if it's fan service, but um, you know, maybe he took a page out of Bryce Harper's pay, uh, playbook and did a little homework, did a little research, and um, was able to sort of put that sort of line out. Um, he's going to be Doc Rivers to me. No offense to Julius Irving. Um, I feel like if you've coached a team that wins a championship, you're allowed you're allowed to keep your nickname. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that I just am looking forward to seeing how he can maximize Joel Embiid and maximize Ben Simmons. I feel like that is the point that we are at in this in this era of Sixers basketball. Somebody has got to come in here and maximize those two players because there is no reason with two players with that amount of talent that we can't get past this mental block, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, and it really does sort of both infuriate me and make me sort of just shake my head that Jimmy Butler staying on this team, you know, maybe things would have gone differently. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I think they should have s- tried to run it back. I really do. I believe that at the end of last season uh, and seeing the way that the heat went through this year, I just would love, but much rather be seeing Jimmy Butler. It would have never worked under Brett though. Probably it not. Worked on, we saw it. I yeah. Mean, well, we and, 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 and basically Jimmy kind of probably said that like, look, we've, we can do it. It's just not with this guy. And that's, yeah. I think one of the reasons why he ended up going into Miami, you know, and props to Jimmy Butler. He had a great, great playoff run. And, you know, I really wanted to see him get a ring out of this. Um, Doesn't look like it's going to happen, but no fault to Jimmy buckets. Yeah. So uh, whoever does win this championship though, the rain probably won't be for very long because I, I, it, it looks like the 2021 season. uh, I mean, when is it going to start? I keep hearing it's going to be similar to hockey where we're talking like December, January. Yeah. Probably I mean, more it's like going to be January. tough to get it back. You got to get it back on schedule at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, think you I just, I think you just full seasons. So well, I, I think that you, your first season back, you've got to be, you've got to be low. Now the other, the bigger question I think is, are they going to rebubble? You know, are you going to get the players to buy in for a regular season bubble or are you going to go back to traveling? One, and we've seen the NBA and the NHL have had a lot of success in terms of dealing with the virus by bubbling Major League Baseball and the NFL, not so much. So, you know, you have to really look at the lay of the of the land and how these things are going as to whether or not you can... You can you can travel. I, I just don't see yeah. NBA players being like, yeah, sure, we'll we'll move to some un, you know unknown part of the country and be in a bubble for 
right. an undisclosed yeah, amount of time. Um, all right, moving on to baseball. Gene, take it away. Look, I listened to this John Middleton. I we've re, we've restructured the front office press conference. Um, first of all, uh, are they are they trying to like soften the landing on this this whole Matt Klintak thing? Um, I, I have no doubt that from everything I understand, Matt Klintak is a nice person, and uh, I'm sure he knows things about. You don't know that. You don't know that. I don't, but you know, I can't. I can't. I, guess I can't. More importantly, I, I I assume that in order to have gotten to this position, he must know something about some part of 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 baseball management. But honestly, uh, you know, this is a this is professional sports is results based business. You can't just keep plugging along and plugging along and having not really meeting the benchmark and any like getting anywhere close. And the the Phillies have been another case of like Groundhog Day where and and this season in particular more than any um you know th- there was just no reason why the Marlins were in the playoffs and we were not um it's just frustrating and to have been in contention for as long as we were considering how bad our bullpen was it's a testament to how well our offense played um so to 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 reduce his role keep him in the organization to uh pull his underling his 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 assistant i guess one of the guys in his department and make them the um the the interim general manager um here's my thing that is problematic with this for me if there was ever a time where you needed to have not only a a qualified general manager but you needed to have somebody that can actually seal this deal for JT Real Muto um, and now you are in an interim GM situation, with basically means: Are we expecting Middleton to sign JT himself, or have we all resigned to the fact that he's going to be a Yankee next year since the Yankees are going home, um, and they need a catcher? You know, so you know he. What what is your take on what is now? How do you read? Especially considering one of the things Middleton said was basically like we feel like we got value from the JT Realmuto trade, which I think is a load of well, horse manure. Look, I don't know that he can come out and say this this was a colossal mistake, this was a colossal miscalculation, but it was. And for he, for middle I'm starting to think that Middleton's the problem. Uh and you know, what are we gonna do? Like we're stuck with it. I know everyone was all happy when you know he he became the face of ownership. Uh, we got all this money. Really wants to win. Talks a lot about winning. Talks a lot about spending money. Uh, signs Bryce Harper, great. Uh, but the you know now now we're crying poor. Now oh well. Uh, I don't want to go over the luxury tax. Um, you know, now we're talking about not even hiring a GM this year. Uh, we're just going to let McPhail run the show uh, for another year. And what kind of message is that sending me a fan? Like, I get it. I wasn't able to go to games this year, but it's because I wasn't able to go to games this year. I would have gladly supported this team, you know, had I been able to go in person. Uh so, you know, now I got to pay the price because you won't sign JT. You trade away our best asset. Now you won't sign a competent general manager to get this ship straightened out. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here as a Phillies fan. Well, and that's the thing is you, you, you can't say 
out of one side of your mouth, like, you know, we lost revenue. Bro, baseball lost revenue. The entire league, the teams that you are going to be competing with also lost rep. Nobody had fans in baseball. This is not like we a. Asked you, we asked you to fire Clentac last year. We asked it last year. And no, only Kapler was enough. Well, it wasn't enough. And now you did the same thing the Sixers did, and you hung on to a bum a year too long, and it's going to cost you a superstar. It not only costs you the superstar, it also costs you your number one prospect, too. Well, and the other so, thing is, the, the superstar that will remain, uh, last time I checked, was wearing the one that's leaving's jersey getting on a, a, an airplane just recently. You know, the fans and your team all would prefer that he continued behind the plate. And you're not sending the message that that's your goal, ultimately, is to also uh, have him continue on with, with this team. And it's really frustrating when the other aspect of revenue for uh, for a baseball team is that my like gargantuan television deal that I, I, I don't think they have that in Kansas City. Uh, I don't think they have that in Tampa Bay. So you do have a certain revenue stream that the, the big boys have. Boston has it. New York has it. The Dodgers have it. Um, so you do have one thing that other squads don't. Um, and I, I feel like I don't want to. I don't want to be told that the reason that JT Real Muto is not going to continue on as the catcher of the Philadelphia Phillies is because fans were not in the stands. That is a load of crap. Um, and maybe he is asking for a lot of money. Maybe he is trying to reset the market for um, for catchers. And guess what? He's going to. And it's either you are going to keep his services and figure it out, or you're going to let the New York Yankees or the New York Mets or Atlanta Braves do it for you. I, I tend to not believe that the Atlanta Braves are going to be in on this. I, I really do think that the Mets are going to come in. and Okay, fine. You don't sign JT Romuto. Fine, fine, fine. I'm not happy about it, but fine. You had better have a plan to spend that money some other way. And if, if I would much rather, if that is your attitude, rather than sort of be resigned to it or whatever you want to call that sort of ad, admission, talk to me about some other ideas you might have as far as rebuilding this team. Now, I don't know if you can throw out free agent names. I certainly don't know that I have anybody else on the list that would be as attractive as the best catcher in baseball. Um, because guess what? You're probably going to need to figure out a way to replace your catcher then, um, unless you're comfortable going into the season with Nap full-time. Um, I'm not. And I don't want – like, don't – it's not about spending the money. It, to me, it's not – you know, it's not about, well, did you spend the money or didn't you spend the money? It's about being smart, and you don't trade your number one prospect for a two-year rental. Like, you have to lock that in, and you can't take no for an answer. And making him the highest-paid catcher last year is going to save you a shit ton of money over the, make, trying to make him the highest-paid catcher this yeah. year. Yeah. It's just, you know, it doesn't work out. Like, waiting never works out, you know, unless you're Jerry Jones and you're, you know, this quarterback situation. But – it's just gross incompetence. It really is. And when you look at the 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 blueprint that the Sixers left on how to fuck something like this up, and then yeah. to just follow it all the way through, um, is it's embarrassing. It's insulting to the fans. This the shit they try to spin. It just doesn't land well. And 
I don't know. I mean, do they want to be... To me, if I'm JT Real Muto, I'm like, why? We don't even have a general manager. What the hell? Why would I stay here? I want to win. I want to win. I want to go to the Braves. I want to go to the Yankees. These teams are in the playoffs right now. What are we doing? We're trying to get we're trying to get an eight seed with a losing record by losing uh, six straight to like the Brewers did to back their way into the playoffs to get the Lambs to slaughter against the dot like it's ridiculous. Yeah, we want to be in a position where not only are we going to go into the playoffs, but that we are a team to to be reckoned with. That you uh, that a team that can to, that can. Make something happen to be in a position to and the fans to win the whole in the thing. city did their part. The fans in the city did their part. There's no way if you talk to JT Realmuto to a man, he will not tell you that the fans showed outpouring of love for him and support for him, and the city desperately wanted him back. There's no way he would he would deny that. His teammates, he's got the support of the number one basically the number one personality in the city in Bryce Harper. So the clubhouse did its part. John Middleton, you are the one who did not do your part. Right. Right. So that's, I I don't, I'm ending this uh, podcast on a really frustrated place right now. Yeah. I should have led with the Phillies. (laughs) Let me just, maybe we close on this and maybe, you know, what are, I was, I was talking to my dad today and we were talking about, you know, the bleakest times in Philadelphia sports. Um, if, if there was one thing maybe that you feel like is a a silver lining, uh, a ray of hope, uh, something that uh, you sort of like tethering that 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 lifeline to, that thing that hopefully will, you know, as we're as we're falling deeper into this hole, hopefully is gonna gonna catch us and and sort of pull us back up to to the light. Um, is there is there any one thing that you're you're like yeah you know at least we have this happening and i feel really good that um that that this is going to be the thing that we can we can hitch our wagon to and i know chuck's like, going to say the flyers you, and he's not here but i'm just going to go out on you the mean limb. the city as a whole just, i mean like in this as far as the sports land case of, 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 of the four majors yeah, yeah yeah but like the uh, okay yeah yeah it doesn't well, have to be phillies related look i know it's not popular but the union won again tonight yeah they're number two in the East. They're 10, four and three. I mean, watch this team. You know, we finally got stands in Subaru uh, stands. We finally got fans in Subaru park uh, tonight. And as sparing as they were, they were loud. Um, and it was a nasty night. It's raining. And, and the union won a, a hard fought two one game. It's a team that's got grit. It's got a lot of youth on it. Um, and they could actually make some noise. Now, I know soccer is not everyone's cup of tea, um, but check it out. The other things that I'm looking forward to, I know we talked about Doc Rivers, so I, I am looking forward to seeing that team play with new leadership and potentially new direction and see you know, what a new voice in that locker room comes up with. And then, yeah, thirdly, I mean, maybe maybe number one overall would have to be the Flyers and uh, you know Carter Hart's development. I I, I mean, I love the kid. He's my he's my third son. Um, I I just want to I just want to watch him become the best goaltender in hockey. Like, you know, obviously we want the Flyers to do well, but on like a micro level, I really dig following Carter Hart's progression in his career. So, but that's it. I mean, that's not a lot to be honest. It's not a lot to I'm not looking to. forward to the rest of the Eagles season. I'm not looking forward to potentially the Eagles draft. Cause I have no faith in that moving forward. 
I'm not looking forward to baseball offseason because I think not only are we not going to get, we're going to lose. Um, I don't know. It's just not great right now. And I know everyone was looking at the uh, the quote-unquote roaring 20s and, and the uh, all four teams are going to converge and have uh, a Hellenistic period in the in, in this decade. And um, Yeah, something to sort of rival the early 80s. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's... It's yeah. quite panning out the way we are. I will say that um, I agree with all of that, all of that. I think that those really are kind of like the honest options. If there was one thing to sort of go off the board, um, you know, I think that there were a lot of naysayers that thought that Bryce Harper might not be as advertised. And I, I have to say that if there's one thing that I'm sort of still excited about, and uh, I was certainly sort of a, a guy that had to come around to the idea of him as a as a Philadelphia player, but yeah. um, if there is going to be a guy that's going to have to carry the sort of the baton of the city right now, as much as I, I kind of thought it was going to be Carson Wentz. I honestly think that he was um, the leader out of the gate. But, um, you know, this is this is a, a, a town that can be a, a baseball town first when the Phillies kind of get it right. And oh, Alec Bohm, too. Like, yeah, what, Alec, Alec Bohm is a great What can he point. develop into? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, the knock on him was his defense, and I think that he, he was serviceable in that department. And I don't mean that in a negative way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't – I'd like to see him at first base is what I'd like to see him. Um, but, um, you know, hey, the DH is coming, man. The DH is coming. So, uh, yeah. Um, and I hope that – and honestly, that's the thing is, uh, you know, I would like to see – I've I've really enjoyed – watching the blaze baseball playoffs this year. And I would really like, and I don't know, I don't know how it gets there, but I would really love to see Bryce Harper in a Phillies uniform playing up to the guy that he, we, we, we paid for. I would love to see him. It because we can't put the blame on him that he is not living up to his end of the contract. And that certainly makes me happy. The reason why we gave him 13 years is because we were hoping to maximize him in his prime. And he seems to be producing in the way that I, I mean, look, whatever. The fact that Sixto Sanchez pitched a playoff series clinching game uh, before Aaron Nola has even towed a rubber in the postseason is the direct fault of incompetent ownership and management. And the fact we we follow the the most incompetent baseball team in the history of the world in any league. I, I I swear to God, the fact that we've won two World Series accidentally um, boggles my mind. I mean, half the times we make the playoffs, it's like, uh, oops, how did this happen? <laughs> Everyone loves 1993, and it's like Major League. They, they thought they were assembling the worst team in the history of baseball, and it just so how happens to, to show up in, in the postseason i mean be, being a i can't even imagine another team like if you were if you were like methuselah and 800 years old uh is, is there another professional sports team that you could follow that would be so disheartening and uh and difficult to follow as the philadelphia phillies the only one that even comes to mind would have been like that long stretch of uh incompetence that was the uh the chicago cubs that that's the only thing that i could think of that is probably comparable but they seem to have figured it out 
Yeah, I mean, like, okay, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I, I wasn't a Red Sox fan and suffer 84 years of not winning a World Series. Oh, boo-hoo. And when were they? When when, when were the Phillies? Uh, when was that franchise? Eighteen eighty three. Yeah, yeah. So you want to talk about? We went from eighteen eighty three to nineteen eighty without well, we a chance. Eighteen eighty three to nineteen fifty without being in the World Series. All right. <laughs> and I mean, we were. I mean, the Phillies were the little sister. They were the team that everybody wanted to, to leave. They would have been this, this. Everybody would have been fine if the Phillies had left, and and we got to keep the Athletics. The Athletics had all of the success. Now they're in Oakland. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah, man. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to be recapping. Uh, what is it? Eagles Ravens. Eagles Ravens. Hopefully. All right, that one's going to be a cracker jack. Yeah. Uh, MLB postseason. We're going to probably we'll be, uh, uh, give our spin on MLB postseason. I think maybe the, the World Series probably by then. Yeah. yeah, probably be getting ready to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else. You man. have an early pick on the World Series just before we sign off? I mean, I would like to see uh, a Dodgers-Astros with a Dodgers uh, Dodgers victory. Yeah, the Vince McMahon and you coming out, right? I mean, you obviously don't, you don't want to see the Braves win. No. You don't want to see the Astros win. No. The only other acceptable choice would be the Rays, but like a Ray, Rays, you gonna Dodgers. watch a Rays Braves World Series? Oof, Come on, no, th- definitely not. No. Dodgers Astros got juice, man. I want to see Joe Kelly out there. <laughs> <laughs> that Dodgers Astros, that's that's Fox's pick. That that's that's got ratings all oh, over. That's it. that's MLB's wet dream for yeah. the World Series, so it's mine too. Okay. All right, so we'll be back next week. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Podadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Uh, So until next week, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.